Free Trail fam, bonjour from Chamonix, France. Of course, I am your loving host, Dylan Bowman, here to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc. It is officially UTMB week, and we are here to enjoy the spectacle and share our love for this amazing sport and this amazing event with you, the global trail running community, trail fans worldwide. This is a special time of year, and we are so happy to be here to enjoy it in person. We're going to be doing a daily show each morning recording in the heart of Chamonix covering all the major stories of this year's race. It is a special week-long series we're calling Good Morning Mont Blanc, which you're listening to now. Each day we'll have a star-studded group of rotating co-hosts to share their expert perspectives about the fields, the conditions, the races, and the results as they happen throughout the week. We're also going to be doing a ton of pre- and post-race interviews with some of the main contenders and the top performers. So make sure you're subscribed here or to our YouTube channel so you don't miss a single second of our coverage. We are grateful for your support. We really hope you'll follow along and share it with your friends. Finally, thank you to Hoka and Camelback for making the shows possible this week. Make sure you play fantasy, fantasy fantasy.freetrail.com for a chance to win prize packages from these awesome brands. Thank you all so much for listening. Have an amazing UTMB week. Peter Engdahl, another yeah. another UTMB. Yes. How are you feeling race week? I feel good. Yeah. It's uh, finally race week. It feels like Christmas is coming. Yeah, and you've it's been nice. here all summer. You've probably just been counting down the days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just seeing the village of Chamonix just evolving towards uh, this week is yeah. pretty fascinating. First, uh, seeing other events like Marathon de Montblanc and then... Um, event after event happening in the valley but then this big massive week just coming in end of august and the village just is crowded with trail runners and uh, that's really really cool i think yeah one of the things i was wondering about is like to what extent is it overwhelming being here for the entire summer especially when you're preparing for utmb because you probably feel just like the approaching pressure of this enormous event. Plus, because of UTMB, Chamonix has really become this magnet for trail runners in, internationally. So I don't know to what extent throughout the summer, it feels like trail runners are here all the time. Like, is it hard to escape that uh, sort of nervous pressure energy? No, I think I. it's been a little bit of the opposite for me. It feels like more this become my home in a way, like uh. my second home. Uh, I, this is my third summer now where I spent... Uh, between three to four months in Chamonix. And uh, even though I'm just uh, going with uh, one big duffel bag here and just have the essentials of uh, uh, training and uh, some climbing and a little bit other gear is like, uh, it still feels like my second home. And I try to make it that, so make familiar with the trails and uh, find a good rhythm and a good everyday life here in mm. Chamonix. And uh, I, I guess like the only difference uh, for me personally now coming in this week uh, for UTMB week is uh, like uh, these uh, other obligations around UTMB with sure. a pickup or a lead presentation or interviews or, uh, or this. Otherwise it... Uh, 
preparations and um, training and food and everything has been just the same as for uh, Marathon du Mont Blanc when I was here in the beginning of the season when I was living alone and mm-hmm. uh, now there's a big yeah the big Adidas Terex team but I try to keep everything like I have had it for the last uh, couple of months so I've been here so uh, yeah so now it just feels like going out on a uh, everyday run almost it's just a little bit longer this yeah time. <laughs> exactly yeah which we'll talk about in a second but that was one of the other things that I was curious about obviously it's worked out for you coming and staying here for the whole summer. You've been third place at OCC. You won CCC in spectacular fashion last year. So I was curious, like now coming back to UTMB, you come back with much more media attention and much more sort of like people like me sort of prognosticating about how you might perform at the big race at UTMB. Like you said, you have a lot of sponsor obligations, press obligations, you know, elite athlete presentations. Does that stuff come naturally to you or would you prefer to just lay low this uh, week? Yeah, that definitely like evolved from the first year I did OCC. Then I was really the underdog for that race and nobody really expected me to perform well and not, I didn't expect to be on the podium either. And then it was uh, like I was maybe amongst the top 10 favorites for CCC, uh, but still pretty, uh, uh, yeah, unexpected to uh, run that fast, I think. And uh, it's definitely been different uh, living in Chamonix this summer. But uh, people notice you a little bit more? A uh, little bit more, yes, for sure. And uh, funny thing, like mostly when I spend time. Uh, up in the mountains somewhere which is quite fascinating but still fun and it's uh, like uh, um, yeah this week with the more uh, attention and the more obligations and everything I try uh, my approach to it is that this is where I wanted to come eventually and this is where I wanted to be and try and uh, uh, all of this comes with it Mm -hmm. and uh, I had like a little bit similar experience from my ski career as well so it's not uh, alien for me yeah. in a way so it's uh, uh, it's a uh, it's a part of it and I like uh, I want to uh, do it properly uh, but uh, still uh, focus on my performance of yeah. course and keeping at it keeping it at a good level yeah cool well I appreciate you coming over to do yeah, this it's, conversation yeah, it's yeah. fun um so, you know, transitioning from the spectacular season that you had last year, in addition to CCC, you also won at Transvolcania at the end of last season. And then you started your year this year at the Madeira Island Ultra Trail, where it seems like you got sick, ultimately pulled out. Corinne was saying that, like, sort of the whole team wasn't necessarily feeling good. What happened there? Yeah, it was a, it was a miserable team leaving Madeira after that. Uh, we had, we were four at least there, me Hugo Deck, Corey Malcolm, and Abby Hall. Only Hall, only Abby Hall finished uh, that race, and it was a uh, tough finish for a her. Tough, tough finish, and she was unsure if that was the good call. Otherwise, she pretty much hiked hiked it in. Uh, it was uh, so strong of her to do it, but yeah, I don't know what really happened wrong there. Uh, Corinne uh, twisted his ankle. Hugo just blew up. Uh, I got a migraine attack in the morning and just like wanted it to stop from the first step yeah. pretty much and just um, uh, 
fought my way through to 60k and then me and my team just no it's it's not worth it not worth not here to hike it in i'm here to uh have a uh i was there to do a good performance and i felt like uh, uh it was hard then because I, it was hard to end the streak in a way of of having good experience and good performances uh also a realization that this uh, sport is freaking tough isn't it it's, so funny it, like you um, have a couple good ones in a yeah. row in your career and you just like you feel like okay yeah, yeah. i've sort of got this figured out you know you obviously you still take it seriously but you sort of expect the positive momentum to continue and then you get a rude awakening and it's yeah, always exactly. when you feel it's like you've got it figured out real kick in the crotch <laughs> there it was uh, it hurt uh, and i needed to get back to some routines i had uh, from the previous years and uh, get my uh, priorities uh, right for a couple of months in terms of training, mm. what I needed to work on to get back in a, uh, in a good place, both physically and mentally. I got a small injury right after, so it was back to a little bit more of skiing while I still could, uh, but still uh, wanted to... Um, uh, yeah, get back into a good running shape and show myself that last year wasn't a fluke. Yeah, uh, and that I was still uh, on, that I was still doing the right work. Yeah. Uh, so then, so then after Madeira, you changed things up, and I wanted to know whether or not that was planned prior to Madeira because Madeira would have been the longest race of your career, 115k pulled out of it. And since then, you've been focused on the shorter distance races, which is kind of non-traditional. And I wondered if yeah. after Madeira, you changed that orientation of like, I need to work on the shorter, more powerful stuff in order to perform at UTMB and what the thought was there. Yeah, no, actually, I didn't change my plan at all. The mm -hmm. Marathon de Mont Blanc and Eiger was my plan from the beginning. And uh, um, even though I didn't finish Madeira and got this um, long ultra in the start, I didn't feel like, no, I don't need a longer uh, race at the moment uh, because of uh, uh, my uh, training plan of, uh, I didn't want to like build up to a new race and have a couple of weeks of recovery after. I know how uh, I felt like after CCC last year, I had such a long peri recovery period afterwards. And I know that I, I will probably be out for two months and uh, I felt like after Madeira no I need consistency in my training and in my racing and get back to uh, a good routine and find um, back to a good feeling in the body and in the, uh, and in my mental aspect again so I, st I stuck to my plan I didn't do any races for I think uh, two months after Madeira I went home to Norway um, finished school and uh, did all of that and uh, after that uh, it was still like a, I could train really well but I couldn't go like full out because I had this small pain in my hamstring uh, something was wrong I like tried to figure it out but it didn't go away so it it was okay in the uphill but I couldn't like push really in the downhill or mm. run fluently and uh uh, it was just uh, some like blocking in the foot that we figured out uh, a little bit later that just uh, made it IT band very yeah. strange. But uh, so um, 
my plan was to run uh, first of all championship in Innsbruck yeah. uh, for the Swedish team and physically I felt like in really really good shape but because of my downhill running I felt really unsure of how uh, well adapted my legs were to perform at this level uh, I got a very good response at world championship uh, I was with uh, Stian and John for the first half marathon and then my legs just died yeah. Uh, it was, yeah, I remember you posted yeah. something about how you were disappointed with the result. Were you 13th yeah. or something? Yeah, I was 13th. Um, but it, I think also, I mean, it's important to mention for those who maybe weren't following as closely, you did the shorter trail race there. Yeah. So um, again, like the theme of this season being like, okay, disappointment in Madeira, but then like you've been steadily building through the yeah. short distance races as, as you've built up towards UTMB. But Worlds and Mont Blanc Marathon were only separated by a couple of weeks. Yeah. So talk about that sort of like a little bit of disappointment at Worlds, but sort of you probably got some validation yeah. that you're on the right track. Exactly. And then Definitely physically and shape-wise, I felt super good during that first half marathon, like my engine and my breathing and my most of my uphill strength and legs felt really good. So I knew that I had the, the speed and the capacity to perform well. It was just not the... Um, uh, hardening of the legs or the muscle aspect. I wasn't ready to run in that pace for more than the legs marathon. couldn't keep up with your heart yeah, or your exactly. lungs. So yeah, it's, uh, it was a brutal race, and uh, it was, uh, of course, uh, representing a country is uh, uh, Sweden is uh, was huge, and I was hoping for more. But uh, I took a lot of good things from it, and I went here to Chamonix straight after, and. Uh, uh, my body just kind of like opened up and I felt uh, like uh, my legs was finally moving well. The pain in my hip disappeared and uh, then... Yeah, sometimes uh, you just have to freaking exactly, rev the engine yeah, really hard. Uh, 45k <laughs> to, uh, to get to yourself get, in shape. Yeah, exactly. But then two weeks later, you finished third at the Montpellier Marathon. And yeah. I think it's just, it's really remarkable. Corinne and I were talking the other day about you and Katie Scheid and about how she's stepping down from UTMB to OCC. You're stepping up from Montpellier Marathon to UTMB more or less, mm -hmm. but that you both are courageous enough to step up and down in distances and race the best in the world at those distances, right? Like Mont Blanc Marathon is where the best shorter distance racers in the world are performing. You get a podium position there, but also you can step up to CCC and now UTMB and compete with the best in the world there. Is that something you've always like taken seriously or wanted to do? Yeah. Uh, I was thinking like UTMB has been in the back of my mind for a very long time and sometime I wanted to do that and I had had progression in my racing throughout the years uh, stepping up a little, little a little bit like doing uh, yeah some ATK races going down to shorter races because I do enjoy racing and shorter and having good routine in racing and uh, I've uh, felt like by doing these races I suddenly got into a routine uh, or race schedule that didn't work for me like I I love to be able to be in shape and feel fresh for most time of the year and not having to do a, a one ultra in Mars or in April or May or something and then just had to recover for two months and feeling because most of them when I race I just empty myself completely right, and right. I feel like um, I don't uh, uh, can't perform 
uh, at a good level uh, soon after a longer race. So I, uh, I decided pretty early that I don't want to get into uh, this ultra bubble or be ultra petter. Yeah, yeah. I will never change my Instagram name to that. So, <laughs> uh, just stay in. Uh, uh, so I want to do both and uh, I want to do both well. So it's been more the adjustment in like uh, the only like 5% of my training to be able to perform at both these distances. Right, yeah. So just for our listeners here, it's most of the favorites in the race in UTMB between the men and the women in most cases are racing a 50 K earlier in the year. And then like an 80 to 120 K sort of late spring to early summer. And then after that mid season ultra that you just described, then they feel confident to step up to UTMB. You on the other hand, like to feel fresh, but fit throughout the year and then use that freshness and fitness on the biggest stage, drain yourself completely and we'll see what happens. So talking about UTMB now, man, it's your first hundred miler last year at CCC. You went off hot at the start. You raced aggressively. You pretty much led wire to wire from memory. You smashed the course record. We were all completely, you know, just so impressed with your performance. And one of the things that we've been talking about all week is that now to compete and to win at races like CCC and UTMB, you do need to take big risks you know, to finish on the podium or top five or top 10, maybe you can be a little bit more tactical and conservative, but to win, you have to be aggressive. So maybe to talk about UTMB specifically, how are you thinking about balancing that, giving yourself an opportunity to win with stepping up to a new distance, being tactical and strategic? Um, yes. Uh, for, for UTMB, it's, uh, a completely different ball game. I will uh, double my race time from my longest race previously. CCC is my longest race yet. Right, yeah. Uh, so I will d- pretty much double it. And which was 10 uh, hours for you. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, if I can double it, that would be an amazing time. <laughs> yes. So uh, I don't expect that. So uh, I have... Uh, uh, this race, this race, I come in with much more um, respect and uh, uh, humili- uh, I'm very humility. Humility, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for this distance, and uh, I, but I'm also very curious how this uh, experience of a hundred miles will be, uh, and to race through the night and long day. But I still want to perform at high level and have good fresh legs and not only go for a long hike uh, and just uh, just to do the loop uh, like I have in my mind that like uh, I'm going to go from starting Chamonix and finishing Chamonix that is my first goal but I want to run it as fast as possible so I put in um some specific training for just that to try to visualize how it will be to feel in an, uh, how it will be to run through a night or train through a night and both pushing and not pushing uh, see how it will be uh, also uh, um, yeah I have increased my volume uh, uh, a bit for this summer like uh, 
had some progression in the in the training from last year when it was the first summer where I really uh, could only where I only was running mm-hmm. uh, and not doing so much cross training or yeah. uh, so on. So um, it's been uh, uh, yeah some difference in training in summer, but yeah for this UTMB also the field looks. Uh, a little bit different from previous it's year. It's really interesting. It's yeah. very, very interesting. I'm, uh, yeah, just my expectations from for the race is that it will be a little bit of a cat and, cat and mouse game. I was that wondering that really too. Good. Like if it might be a little bit more yeah. tactical this year. Yes. And I have the like um, advantage, I guess, that it is my first 100 mile and yeah. that um, uh, I feel like um, I maybe don't have the responsibility to put the pace or like, I, I don't know what pace people are having right. for this race. I was kind of kind of new for CCC, but that was the same. Like, I didn't know what the pace would be up the first climb and I felt so freaking good and I was just waiting for someone to like go ahead, but nobody really did. Yeah. So uh, maybe that's what happened this year as well. But I have some like, Speculation that maybe some tall guy from Hooker will uh, try to. Now he doesn't have a Kilian or a Francois to follow him for most of the race. Maybe this is the time to run fast from. Uh, or uh, maybe he's or learned maybe his he lesson like, and yeah, he's exactly. going to wait a little or bit maybe longer. Maybe he's just waiting and like put in full gas uh, later on in the race. Uh, it will be very, very interesting. But it I'm will so be. looking forward to it because I also love this. like competitiveness and the cut and mouse game yeah. uh, and like running together and like this uh, back and forward that I really enjoy but yeah. I also love to race from the front and I'm not afraid of doing that either so we'll see if I feel yeah the best athletes in the world are the ones that can race in multiple styles too. Yeah, race off the so. front or be more conservative and tactical yeah. so. Yeah, it would be very interesting. So, so interesting, man. This is going to be so entertaining. So, I don't know. One of the things, too, that strikes me is that I think Xavier Thabnard is the only person to finish on the podium of all three of the major races, OCC, CCC, UTMB. Mm-hmm. Both you and Ruth Croft have the opportunity to do that mm-hmm. this year. And I also think, like, you come in as one of the favorites, even though it's one of or it's your first 100-miler. It, but it is a wide-open field this year, I feel like. So any comments you want to make on on that? Just sort of like continuing this streak of success that you've had at UTMB, specifically after OCC, CCC, trying to get a good one at UTMB, and, and whether or not you feel comfortable in this role of being one of the the favorites going in. Uh, first of all, it is like uh, it's super cool to be in this position to be one of the favorites for yeah. biggest trail race in the world, and I've. Uh, uh, it's uh, very surreal and the progression from the OCC, CCC to UTMB feels uh, also like it's been going super duper fast. Uh, and also, yeah, when I figured like uh, maybe this year I would like to UTMB, do UTMB, I didn't think I would be one of the favorites for this race, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, so... Uh, uh, yeah, I uh, I haven't thought so much about that. Yeah, being on the 
uh, podium of all three, I guess. Uh, Katie Scheid, I guess, has the opportunity also because yes. she's well, one. Kotska has already done it. Also. Oh, has she? Yeah, okay. she's been and even on TDS. Okay, so, so uh, I, like <laughs> I consider Mimi the best ultra trail runner from Sweden of all time. Yep. Like she is just insane and a big inspiration for me. And she has done that like first UCC, CCC, TDS, UTMB. Yep. Uh, very uh, strategic and structural and. That's really cool. Uh, she's going to be pacing, or I'm sorry, pacing. She's going to be crewing Ida too. Yeah, You're another exactly. great Swedish runner. Yeah. Um, one thing I'd love to also have you talk about before we close here is I know you helped Hillary Girardi with her FKT up to the top of the yeah. Mont Blanc. Yeah, or not? I did not. Uh, uh, yeah, I did give her some uh, bottles at uh, Valo Hut. Yeah. And then just took some photos. That was a really cool day. Yeah. 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 We've been trying to coordinate a, a podcast to yeah. talk about it a little bit. And I just noticed that you had been part of that mission. So if yeah. there was anything you wanted to share, of course, Hillary Girardi is an American, great American yeah. athlete, but lives here in Chamonix. Yeah, exactly. So immediately when I arrived here, we, we were actually thinking about doing the Mont Blanc FKT together last year, but the condition wasn't right. Uh, La Junction was just com completely open and, very dangerous to cross, and uh, she told me that she was going for the record just the week I was arriving to Chamonix. Uh, I I was also tempted to do it, but I wasn't acclimatized or anything. I still had my race plan of Mar Marathon de Mont Blanc a few days after. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, I hiked up to Mont Blanc from uh, Le Souche and met her at the Valo Hut and gave her some gels and took some photos and then. I went down uh, over the North Ridge and down and yeah. got to see a little bit of the course myself. So that was a really good day out. For sure. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so I've been closing each of these interviews with a uniform question for all of our guests. And that is just who is going to be crewing for you on Friday and Saturday? Yeah, so why did you, why did you choose that person? And what has that person meant to you in your career? Uh, so it's Charlotte Durand. She um, was crewing me last year for CCC. Um, she was uh, my team manager at uh, Adidas uh, Terex cool. uh, last year and uh, yeah we're really close friends and she has been uh, changing around with bit position but uh, uh, now I just feel very comfortable around her she has screwed me for yeah from the, my first race at uh, with Adidas Terex here at Marathon de Mont Blanc in 2021 and then uh, a lot of other races, so uh, we have a really good and special connection, and uh, I was uh, so happy when she asked if she could crew me for, even though she wasn't in the Adidas Terex team anymore, and that's, uh, yeah, that means a lot, so oh, wow. we will have a good time. Cool, there, yeah. and lots of good memories yes, from CCC sure. last year. Well, yes. Petter, thanks so much for coming in here and doing a quick interview. We wish you nothing but Best of luck for your race at UTMB on Friday and Saturday, and we can't wait to watch. Thank you so much, Dylan. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.